0: hey guys it's ed and i'm coming to you from the temporary drunk gossip studios here in detroit and just so you know i messed this up i you would think that after doing intros for the last two years i would be much better at it but no no um i i I honestly seem to be getting worse um i don't know what to say anymore Thanks for sticking with me. Um, today is the grand finale of blind item reveals from Crazy Days and Nights. Now, there are, of course, a ton more um, that were revealed. And some of them are being saved for deep dives, and some of them are will be weaved into other segments. And who knows? Um, maybe one day... I'll be just plodding along and think, hey, let's do another blind item reveal episode. But for now, this is the grand finale. Two weekends, I think, is more than enough. And, you know, honestly, two weekends full of blind item reveals is a lot. And we're probably going out in style. This is going to probably be a long episode. So buckle up, sit back, and let's get the show on the road. Of course, these blind items, uh, blind item reveals are coming to us from Crazy Days and Nights. For the juiciest blind item gossip, head on over to crazydaysandnights.net. This one is called Blind Item Reveal Number 47. When you are dealing with Hollywood, it seems that many of the ideas they have for scripts are not very original. It is the same thing all of the time. This is not always the case, and three decades ago, a movie was made which showed the premise of how the government could use people who worked in the movies to make things look real when they weren't. The idea wasn't just a thought plucked out out of the air, it was happening. It has been shown in the movie several times since, usually based on real-life incidents. This is not about that, though. The owners of the house on St. Charles Street saw a benefit to having someone who had experience in movies, and specifically in production, design make things look real, or to set things up in a way to make things seem like they they were not. So with a ton of money in their pocket they went out and found one of the very best that has been an offer was made and from time to time this a-list production designer would help out with projects he knew what he was doing but didn't know what was being done with what he was doing that was his version anyways over the years he managed to steer a lot of high profile celebrities to the people who owned the house they in turn made further introductions there was a huge network and the owners always were looking for every advantage they could get. At some point, this A-plus list, mostly movie actor, was introduced by our, our designer to someone involved in the ownership. That apparently led to many adventures in the house and elsewhere where the A-lister was filmed doing things, which would cause great damage to his career. In fact, it was at this time that the A-lister pulled back. I'm sorry, the, that the A-plus lister pulled back. The A-plus listener discovered the recordings when he was asked for some special favors. Our actor completed those tasks but wanted out. He contacted the designer who had been the source of the introduction and asked for help. The designer agreed to help and had a meeting with some of the decision makers. He got angry and huffed and puffed and said he didn't sign up for the kind of thing that the actor had to do favor-wise. Others, our designer threatened to go public. He was killed that same night. The designer was J. Michael Riva, the movie was FX, and the movie star is Leonardo DiCaprio. I am very, very, very curious as to what Leonardo DiCaprio had to do. Um, and what he was doing in the house that would have damaged his career. I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, you know, it's probably gay stuff. I don't know that that would have actually damaged his career. Because there has long been rumors that Leo Leo is gay. Despite the... fact That he has a public girlfriend. And it seems to go for the model type. Um, he's been... I can't even think of everyone he's been linked with in terms of male celebrities. Um... He had allegedly he had a long term boyfriend. I forgot what his name was, um, but apparently allegedly he was also dating, um, Toby Maguire, who was also a very married man. Um, which there's a whole other subplot with the Toby Maguire thing. So, but I'm very curious and, um, just like in Thursday's episode, my my senses are tingling. My my muse is working on a story for this. But for right now, I'm gonna take a break, and I'm gonna come right back. And I have returned. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wanted to try something new. It didn't work. Alright. <laughs> Alright, let's get back to the volume item reveals and away from my goofy ass. Um, line item revealed number 46. My turn. That was all anyone heard that night hell it was all anyone heard that week my turn was a catchphrase of at that time an a-list-ish actor television he was a comic actor i guess he still acts now but is just more well known as one of the world's biggest celebrity train wrecks that week he was hosting an event and when there was coke to be had here he was with his, my turn. When there were multiple naked women in a trailer used by this never never seen again group, suddenly there would be our after screaming, my turn. When he felt he someone had too many lines, he would shout it out. When people were telling a story, there he would be saying it. It was so annoying. I had never seen anything like it. It was my first time being at the event. I was there because of this one-hit wonder that I had been working with. Their song is still played today and is still catchy for not being very upbeat at all. I always found the song kind of depressing, but hey, it was a paycheck. This was supposed to be the year of the competing foreign-born A-plus list singers at the time, one of whom is permanently such. It turned out to be, though, this orgy-like week with the aforementioned never-to-be-seen-again group living life as stars like they were never going to have another chance. It turns out they were right. They had coke and women and all kinds of drugs. They even managed to drag women away from the still-today permanent A-plus-list rapper. He had my favorite song that year. Probably still my favorite song by him. I wonder if this former A-plus-list country singer remembers the pawing and hitting on she got from a still today permanent a list a plus list singer in the same genre she might have been old she might have been old enough to drive maybe the event was the 1998 billboard music awards the a list ish actor was andy dick the never seen again group was next who I don't know who the fuck they are. Does anyone who next is? If you know who next is, please, please, please leave me a message on Anchor. Um, send me a message or leave me a comment on Facebook or Twitter. Um, uh, Facebook or Instagram at author Ed Anderson, on Twitter at author Ed A. Please tell me who next is. I know I could Google it, but I want you all to reach out to me and tell me who next is, because I don't know. <laughs> um, one hit wonder, Mark. Um. Marcy Playground, Sex and Candy is probably one of my favorite songs, too. I love that song, and after I record this segment, I'm going to go listen to it, because it is that good. <laughs> the um the foreign-born A-plus list singers at the time, Celine Dion, who is the permanent A-plus list singer, Shania Twain, and Natalie Bruglia. Of the three, only Celine has a career anymore. I know Shania released an another album recently, but her career tanked really hard. Like I don't think her I don't think her C D did anything. But Celine can still sell. Um Natalie and Bruglia she had that one hit. I don't think she had any more um hits after Torn. Which is sad, because I actually love Natalie. Um, permanent A-list rapper, Jay-Z. And NT's favorite song was Volume 2, Hard Knock Life. Former A-list country star, Leanne Rhymes, And permanent A-plus list singer, Garth Brooks. Now, I've always been fascinated. Like, I don't necessarily listen to country all the time, but I do like the music. Um, Reba can do no wrong, um... And there was a... I forgot who Girl Crush was by, but I like that song. Um, but I... Like, I look at the... The country stars... And they really fascinate me. More so than any other genre. These people are always... on You know, they're always up to something. They're always in some sort of trouble. Miranda Lambert... Needs her own damn tabloid. Um, but before all of them was Leanne Rimes. Leanne had the voice of an angel, and was arguably in the late nineties, early two thousands, the best selling country artist around. Um, her version of "How Do I Live" um, outranked Trisha Yearwood's, which was a feat into itself because Trisha would is was and is country music royalty um so i'm kind of curious as to if the how do i live debacle came about because garth brooks was pawing at Leanne rhymes and trisha was jealous one of these days, we're going to do a country music deep dive. Um, it's specifically Trisha Yearwood, Garth Brooks, and Leanne Rhymes because those three seem to have the more scandals between them than almost anybody else. But for right now, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to come right back. And I'm back. So this this reveal shows that none of us are infallible, and that sometimes. Everybody is gonna get one wrong, and you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with getting a blind item wrong. Um, I know uh, there seems to be a lot of people over on the crazy days and nights boards who are really frustrated or they get really upset when they get one wrong. But honestly, what the fuck, man? Like, for reals though, um, it, you know. Or, or they celebrate when someone else gets a blind item wrong. And again, it's just like... Come on now. Let's let's get it together. So in this case, no one got it right. Um, I'll tell you who people were guessing. And, and there were actually really legit reasons why they were guessing. And I believe that we did... Um, I, I actually believe that we did this... Um, blind item in one of the blind item episodes. Um... But for now, let's get started. This is Blind Item Reveal number 45. This comedian is not just a comedian. He's an actor, too. Also does voices. Foreign born. Several movie franchises. A hit television show in which he starred is in his past, too. Married. He is probably A- or B-plus list. A former adult dancer was telling about some of her past clients and said this celebrity was for sure in in the most strange behavior of anyone she had encountered, celebrity or otherwise. Six or seven years ago, this comic actor visited her club. She didn't recognize him at first because his hair was gray and he looked older than he did on the show he was most known for. He made eye contact with her while she was performing and wouldn't break it. It wasn't normal ogling. She she said it felt more like a predator stalking his prey. Then one of the other dancers told her who he was. Being a fan, she went over to him, and they talked for a while. She mentioned wanting to become an illustrator, and he said his child liked drawing, too. He showed her toddler sketches of monsters on his phone, bragging about his child made him seem less creepy to her. After she got off... For the night they went back to her apartment and he orally serviced her she was going to reciprocate when he asked her if she had a dildo she grabbed a dildo and lube thinking he was going to use it on her instead he used it on himself and had her watch he asked her to verbo- verbally abuse him because he gets off on humiliation after he was done he put the dirty dildo in his mouth and sucked it on it while making her shout more insults at him as he masturbated with his other hand. She said she was never able to watch anything else he has done since because of the images stuck in her head. And this is Jemaine Clement from Flights of the Concords. And, first of all, let's not kink-shame anyone, um... There is absolutely no reason to king shame anyone. Whatever, whatever it is, he enjoys doing. That, that's his prerogative. They both seem to be consenting to this, and she may have been freaked out or creeped out or grossed out, but she still consented and she still did this. And I'm wondering why she shared the story to be honest with you um i don't know maybe she maybe she just wanted to share the story or maybe um one of the enties is writing a book or something and they were interviewing her and they thought that this would be a good a good story and it is frankly this is a really great story um you know, this is probably one of, if not, the best um, way to advertise a book. So, earlier in the segment, I, s- I promised that I was going to talk about the other guesses. And these were really good guesses. Um, Mike Myers and Jim Carrey were among the most popular Um, Jim Carrey edging out Mike Myers just barely, though. Um, Jim Carrey had the... um, He carried the Ace Ventura uh, franchise, and I believe he had another one. Um, And in the 90s, and arguably into the 2000s, he was the top box office draw. His movies regularly made over $100 million dollars. Now, keep in mind, back then, the budgets were much smaller than than they are today. Um, so a movie making $100 million was actually a big deal. Um, and, and then there was Mike Myers. Well, Jim Carrey was arguably the biggest movie star in the world, Mike Myers really had himself cemented as a comic force to be reckoned with. Uh he helmed the sh um the Shrek's, um series. Um the Austin Power series and he for better and worse, he really he really um had the comedy market cornered. And You know, of course, there's always going to be some big debate about, um, sexualities. Jim Carrey has never really had gay rumors around him, which is why, part of the reason why I think he edged out Mike Myers in the, the guest department. Apparently Mike Myers has had a lot of gay rumors around him, and allegedly, and I've not seen this but allegedly, at one time, he was an out gay man. Again, I've not seen that. I've never seen that. I've seen the gay rumors, obviously, but I've never seen where he was actually out and admitting to being homosexual. Uh, and Jermaine Clement, we now know what, your, fan, what your, your fetish is. And I'm sure there will be plenty of ladies who are willing to do that for you. I'm going to take a break and come right back. and I'm back. And this this one is kind of a tale of friendship, but I think this is friendship gone wrong. Um, and I, I really don't say that lightly. I really do think that this is friendship gone wrong. i I kind of feel like this is friendship that um, where one of them definitely needs to say to the other, "Get a grip. So, let's head on over. This is Blind Item Reveal number 43. This A-list, mostly television actor, who has starred on two hit television shows, in addition to the middling middling streaming show he is on now, decided to throw his full (sighs) support... To throw his full support behind his rapist best friend. Um... The The best friend who has been accused by multiple women of multiple rapes was hanging out all weekend with the television actor. Maybe someone should go up to the actor's a, actress wife and ask her thoughts on the matter. Um, Ashton Kutcher, Danny Masterson, and Mila Kunis. Okay, so... A couple of things. First of all, I don't think Mila needs um, to approve of... Ashton's friends. We're talking about empowerment and, and equal rights and all that. Ashton definitely has the right to be friends with Danny. However Ashton is receiving all sorts of rightful praise for stopping sex trafficking and you know, being a hero to hundreds and hundreds of of women and children. But, how, is, how does he justify being friends with Danny Masterson, who is accused of raping, I think at last time, it was six women. And these, the thing is, is well, these are not new allegations. These allegations did not come out with Me Too, as um, some people like to complain about. These allegations have been around since er, the early 2000s, if not earlier. Um, the police have investigated, and they've never released what their, what their findings were. But they were credible enough to where, when, when the allegations came back up, Masterson began to have to face, especially in the face of Me Too, um, he, was, he was starting to face really critical um, charges. Um, in fact, the scandal grew so big that Netflix and producers of The Ranch, the, show he, the second show he started on with Ashton Kutcher, fired him halfway through production on the third season. This is not something that they typically would do if there was no truth or no merit or no weight behind the allegations. You know, you look at what they did to... um, You look at what they did with Kevin Spacey they were still filming episodes when when he ultimately got canned. So, the fact that the fact that they didn't, um, that they acted so fast with Danny Masters and either means A, someone got their shit together. And, which is po- quite possibly the case because uh, one of their execs got in trouble for um, saying really nasty things about the Me Too movement and women in general at a soccer game. Um, so maybe they got their shit together and were like, ooh, we are not going down this road again. Or, uh, and or, quite possibly they've, they sat there and realized... ...that there was a very credible... ...a very, very credible... um, ...accusation here. And Ashton, for his part... ...you know, again, he does deserve... ...to be commended for stopping the... ...for stopping the... um, ...the sex trafficking. However... It seems wildly hypocritical of of him to stop sex trafficking... ...but stay friends with someone who has raped so many women. And I know people are going to say, oh, they're, they're, they're just allegations. They're just this, that, or the other thing. But I don't buy that they're just allegations, honestly... his denials have always fallen flat. And, uh, I don't remember the exact words, but there was one denial where I was like, where he basically said, we had sex, but it was consensual. And they're just trying to blackmail me. Trying to vilify the victim is an abuser's first step. You know, this is what abusers and rapists and, and criminals do. They try to make the victim believe that it's their fault. It's why a lot of men say, oh, if women don't want to be raped, they don't need to dress sexy. But the the male is going to rape. Or let me rephrase that. A rapist is going to rape no matter what. Because men can be victims of rape too. But that's a subject we're going to tackle another day. For right now, I'm going to go and I'm going to come right back. And I'm back. And, okay, so just so you all know, I had originally planned this. I've, I've had to re-record this one. um, Because originally this was going to be the final segment for the show. But there's one more that I'm going to share with you Um, in our last segment. And I'm going to share that one because I want to leave you with some positivity for the night. Um... This one, though, uh, you all know how much I really just... You, you know how much I love, 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 love old Hollywood. And especially old Hollywood gossip. Um, Hedda Hopper, Luella Parsons. I just... Oh, my gosh. I there, there is a part of me that wishes I had been alive during that time. Or I could travel back. And just see all of the scandal and... And everything just unfold the way that it did. Um, You know, and obviously I would try to cozy up to the divas. Including one of the subjects of this blind item. Like my segue there? (laughs) This one is Blind Item Revealed number 38, Old Hollywood. (coughs) Here we go. Not too long ago a studio changed hands. A long-established studio with a library dating back to the studio system years of old Hollywood. Several archivists were brought in to see if anything could be found that was uncatalogued and to make sure everything was cataloged correctly. Sporadically they found new films or different versions of films. They found some interesting clips taken from behind the scenes of several movies shot by an A-plus list director that are actually being turned into a documentary. One of the most interesting finds was of a movie that people knew existed at one point, but was always assumed to have been destroyed. It starred a permanent A-list, mostly movie actress, who was almost as well known after her death as she was during her As she was during her death. I don't know what the hell that means. Anyways, all of you know who she is. She has always been at the top of old Hollywood scandals. My favorite is the dumping of the secret husband because she was not allowed to be married and be an actress at the same time. Prior to her hitting it big while she was with her secret husband, the actress was introduced to some friends of the husband. Her husband was also in the entertainment industry, but in a different capacity... He had run into some guys who were producing a movie and thought our actress would be wonderful for it. The husband talked her into it, and our actress made what today would be soft porn. But back then, it was something which would get her immediately fired from the studio and never get a chance to work for another. This was especially true when her main rival, who was having sex with the studio head, would love to see the actress out the door. Anyway, the studio did find out about the movie. How? How? The producers made it specifically thinking the actress would be a big star and held on to it until she was A list. They threatened to release it unless the studio coughed up some money, about $1 million in today's dollars. The studio paid the ransom and supposedly the film was destroyed. The archivist so found it. Like I said, it is tamed by today's standards, and the thought is they might try to release the movie to a classic cable channel. The studio was MGM. The permanent A list mostly movie actress is Joan Crawford. Movie is Velvet Lips. Secret husband is James Wilton. Main rival, Norma Shearer. And studio head, Irving Tilburg. Now, I don't. I've, I've read a lot of biographies on Joan Crawford because she was the queen of Hollywood scandal. <laughs> And when you're someone like me, that's what you do. You you read about um, these people who were behaving badly and... Um, you know... Just all of that. Um, you know... It, and Joan Crawford is certainly at the top. I've never... Heard about her and Norma Shared. That's not to say that they didn't have a rivalry. They probably did. Joan Crawford didn't like women. For whatever reason... She truly, truly did not like working with... Women. At all. Um, In fact... One of the things that Ryan Murphy's show Feud got right... Was the only reason... She... Worked with Bette Davis... And whatever happened to baby Jane. Is because nobody was hiring her. And she really did have to go out. And find her own work. And. When when she did that. She found this great story. And she really wanted to do it. (coughs) Um. But even when she was producing and, and creating her own work. She was told that the only way that the studio would finance the movie was if she worked with Bet, And Bet was the same way, you know. Bet was in a career downward swing. And she was told the same thing. And um, there's a line that I don't, I don't remember the exact um, way it was worded. But um, at the very end of the feud, Joan Crawford looks at Bette Davis and says, we could have been friends. And they really could have been friends. Honestly, um, everything I know about them, everything I know um, uh, that is attached Tell me that they could have been friends, they should have been friends. Um, Both were hugely talented. Um, Both were champions of females being treated right in the workplace. Um, Even if they didn't like actually working with the females. The only reason why they weren't is because the feud made people so much more money. And I'm going to go, and I'm going to come right back. And I'm back. And, okay, like I said in the previous segment about Joan Crawford, I wanted to leave... I wanted to leave with positivity. I wanted everyone to have some happy memories, some happy thoughts before um, the scandals of the next week return us to our pit of negativity. So we're going to end... We're going to end the grand finale of Blind Item Reveals with a kindness reveal. And honestly, what better way? Yes, we've had the scandals of old Hollywood and, and the rapist known as Danny Masterson. But it's time for us to... It's time for us to relax and embrace that there are some good people who become celebrities. This is blind item reveal number 42, kindness. The tipster said it best, so I will leave it as is. Unfortunately, they didn't provide any type of description for the kind-hearted person, so I should tell you the person was a foreign-born, permanent A-list singer who was a multiple Grammy winner and has an iconic song all of you know. When I was younger than I am now, there was a festival. I guess you would call it a foreign festival, but it was the festival. My dad and I went. The weather was great. We were camping. There were loads of activities, drumming, crafts, etc. It was crowded. I was old enough to wander off on my own, but clearly not old enough to find my way back. So I lost my dad. We had arranged a meeting place if we got separated. Problem was I couldn't find the place, because I was a chronic daydreamer. So there I was in the biggest crowd I'd ever seen surrounded by hippies, no dad in sight. I wander around for what felt like hours, but was probably minutes before bursting into tears. Someone tapped on my shoulder, asked if I was okay. It was a nice old man. I'm not crying and can barely speak at this point. I said, I'm lost, can't find dad. He said, it's okay, we'll find him together. We looked for our meeting spot, which I barely remember. While we were while we were walking, he told me about the time he lost his mom at the park and how scary it was, trying to help me feel less embarrassed. We've all been there. Everyone's had this experience at least once. We all found our parents again, etc. It was a while before we found it. He probably had better things to do than babysitting me. Anyway, Dad was waiting for me. I hugged him and started crying again. Meanwhile, he shook the man's hand and thanked him. He seemed unusually taken with the guy. I thanked him, he said I was most welcome. Tipped his hat at me and away he went. Dad, Star Trek says, do you know who that was? And for those of you wondering, which is all of us since this is a blind item reveal, It was Leonard Cohen. I'm assuming the iconic song that all of us know is Hallelujah. Although there, apparently there are quite a few other songs, but Hallelujah seems to be the one that most people um, know and recognize as being by him. And, you know... I didn't really know much about Leonard Cohen when he was alive, which was a shame because there are so many great stories about him. Um, in the original blind, and then the blind item revealed... people kept talking about how generous he was, how um, just wonderful and great he was, and it it really does warm my heart. It, that sounds like sarcasm, but no, it's not. I promise you. Um, I just love when, obviously, I wouldn't be a gossip podcaster slash columnist slash writer if I didn't love the scandals, Um, the the salacious, the sexy, the whatever. Yes, of course, I love that. But I also love hearing about... The celebrities who do good things as well. Um, you know, and Leonard Cohen really seems to be uh, one of those that did a lot of good things for people. Um, helping this girl find her way home. I, I'm assuming it was a girl. I, I really shouldn't do that. Um, but, you know, helping, helping this child find their parents. Uh, apparently he gave to a lot of charities, uh, and in a lot of ways, he was a lot like George Michael, where he was just very, very generous with his money, knew he couldn't take it with him, and so wanted to make sure, um, that everyone, um, you know, make sure that everyone was happy and taken care of, and... You know, thank God for that. Honestly, Um, it's not very often that we get to talk about good stories. It's not very often that things like this come along where I feel like we can all kind of just come together and, and be happy and realize that there are still good human beings out there. You know, Mandy and I always, will text each other, I hate people. And 99% of the time, it's because someone did something shitty. Or someone's acting shitty. But then there are those, there are those times when... There's, there's something more to it. You know, there's something... um, Refreshing. You know, again, like Leonard Cohen did. um, um, Ellie Kemper apparently goes and works with... um, Homeless shelters in Los Angeles. Um, Mindy Kaling is known to um, be a big fundraiser for causes that she really, truly believes in. Uh, So let's, you know, for right now, let's just thank, thank these wonderful people for restoring our faith in humanity. Thank you all so much for listening, as always. And until next time, cheers.